This episode is brought to you by Trichome, natural performance skincare. Trichome brings you natural, simple, and effective products with short, easy-to-read ingredient lists. Whether it's a hot summer day at the range or a brisk winter night in the woods, Trichome has your skin protected with everything from balms to beard oils. Lock in moisture and defy the elements safely and effectively with Trichome. Go to trichomeco.com and use code LETHAL10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's T-R-I-C-O-M-B-E-C-O.com. So what, uh, so where does your like bow hunting heritage come from? Like, is that, is that some, is that a family thing or is it kind of an individual thing for you? It's definitely an individual thing. Now the, the hunting lifestyle, I guess, is certainly something that was introduced to me by my dad. My dad is a big, uh, all around hunter. He's done some archery hunting. Mm-hmm. He's done some gun hunting. He's really passionate about bird hunting and uh, bird hunting, particularly with dogs. Man, I yeah, have avo- I've avoided bird hunting because I know I'm going to get <laughs> a crazy addiction yeah. and I'm going to, it's going to be bad. So yeah, yeah that's cool. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a cool type of hunting. And, um, you know, interestingly, I enjoyed hunting as I grew up and it was something that I, I like to do here and there with my dad, spend time with my dad and learn a little bit about, but it wasn't until bow hunting that I just became completely consumed or obsessed, obsessed with that pursuit. Um, Just the, the challenge and the pursuit of trying to get so close to an animal and all the details and preparation and thought process and planning that goes into that. I consistently find myself enjoying the process as much and even sometimes more than I do the actual uh, climax, you know, of, of putting an arrow through an animal right. um, or having a, a successful hunt, quote unquote, of harvesting an animal. Um, I just really, really love everything that goes into it. So that really attracted me. And that's that's something that I found uh, in my late teens. That's I cool. I completely relate to that. That's, I, I don't know if I'm just a glutton for punishment. You are what you are. I, I think I am. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I get enjoyment out of the grind. Absolutely. Out of, out of yeah. that, yeah. you know, just grinding through something and then having it all prepped already and knowing that it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. And like in this community, that's partially a problem because like <laughs> the what most of the industry is looking for is that end result. And I'm going, but, but I, I I've already accomplished, like <laughs> this is good. Yeah. And yeah. Not, now, now I have to, you know, move away from that and pull myself out of that grind and then go like, especially like I'm in Wisconsin. We, typically are tree stand hunting Mm -hmm. like it is a game of patience Mm -hmm. and i have patience but i also am a very busy person and so when uh like deer activity is not that high right i'm sitting there going man i could be 
figuring this out. I could be doing this. Right. Like if, if I've got activity, I'm good. Now, now it feels purposeful. Mm. And it's so like, that's where like, I'm honestly like, I have really gotten pulled into more, uh, like dedicated type hunting of going, you know, going somewhere that you know that, that, you know, there's activity. Yeah. And like, that's, I, I want to get more into like spot and stock just because then it, it's active. You, you're back right. to that grind of, okay, we're going to go up and over this ridge. We're going to go over there. We're going to glass. We're going to have a goal. We're going to work towards it. That yeah. just like hooks me. So yeah, I, 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 I get the, the mentality. Yeah, I agree. And when you do that, it takes, when you have a, like a purpose within that hunt. Yeah. It, it takes away the like thought of, I could be answering emails for work right now. I yeah. could be, I could be doing stuff to, ben, well, to like, you know, benefit myself or my family right now. When, when it's like, I have to get to the like, top of this hill. Like that's, but that's what I have to do right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's like Matt for like you and I, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure at any given moment there is a message or a notification or an email that we could be responding to, to help someone. Yeah. And, and like, it is awesome. I I love it. I I love doing that. But like, if you're doing that in the stand, then you're not paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, I'm sitting there and going, man, I I know that I've got like 50 different people that are like (laughs) waiting right now. Yeah. I, I I feel the I feel the struggle. I feel the struggle. So Christian, yeah. are you uh, are you exclusively a bow hunter now, or do you still gun hunt when you can? I'm exclusively a bow hunter. I don't have anything against gun hunting whatsoever, but I have sure. absolutely zero interest in gun hunting. And yeah. I just think that that comes from kind of what Rob said is that with bow hunting, the nature of having to do so much to be successful, whether you quantify success. Um, by harvesting an animal or you quantify success by having activity in the tree stand or on the hunt. There's so much that goes into it that that purpose feels so much greater and the reward is magnified that uh, the the allure of bow hunting just has totally trumped any interest I, I've had in gun hunting. So yeah. exclusively a bow hunter. Yeah, no, I, cool. I, I am cosine 100 percent there i remember the first time i took out my bow during rifle season uh, you know we've got a family farm my uh grand my grandpa was already awake he wakes up at like four in the morning every morning because that's what he does yeah and uh, uh yep. and i i'm like walking out the door and i'm i you know i've got my bow and he was like you're gonna bring your rifle? I'm like, like no, no, I don't think so. You you realize it's it's rifle season, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I've you know, I've got the orange on, you know, I'm I'm legal. And uh yeah. and uh and he's like, not gonna bring a rifle? I'm like, I don't I don't want to. And he's like, huh, okay. It's still like every like it's been it's been at least five years that way. And mm-hmm. every year it's still like not gonna bring the rifle? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to. So I, uh, and I, I, I get, I get that. Like it, it, it hits you in your soul. 
like in, in some yeah, like, weird weird way that is like so difficult to explain to people. And it's not and like you said, it's it's not like I've got anything against rifle hunters. I, I think rifle hunters oh, yeah, are, not at are all. incredible people. I think that they are extremely needed because uh, uh, there we I mean, the fact of the matter is if if it was archery only uh, for everything, then uh, like for all seasons in all states, then population numbers will be out of control. Uh, sure. We wouldn't we wouldn't be able to control them, so we need rifle hunters. But yeah, there's just something something intimate about a about a string and a stick. Uh, absolutely, no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, so tonight we are hanging out with Christian Williams. Uh, Christian is the owner and founder of Archery Strong. Um, Archery Strong. We've posted a couple of things from them. Uh, reposted, I guess, from uh, uh, Christian posted, I guess, uh, and uh, and we I've I've shared a couple of them like man that makes a lot of sense i think i think our listeners should look at this so uh a lot I, of this I, really useful oh, like, it's, stuff it's great stuff people don't think about yeah you know how to draw a bow how, how to you know how to do certain motions yep mm-hmm. and like i don't know how many people that i've dealt with personally like at at, at the shop where you see them draw a bow and you just are immediately cringing from across the room going oh god like what oh no (laughs) and like you try and talk to them about it and they're just like oh i'm fine i got it (laughs) right right it's like dude you looked like you were about to blow something out trying to (laughs) trying to get that bow back (laughs) like Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, where I see that the most is uh, so Missouri season opens September 15th. Oh, by the way, your season just opened, didn't it? Christian? In Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it did. It did. It uh, opened October 5th, so four days ago. Yes. Okay. Nice. Any luck? Any luck? Uh, I've been out three times, including tonight. Uh, I had deer within bow range uh, each hunt, which was awesome. That's exciting for me. I quantify that as, as a success. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah, that's a good night. First first hunt, uh, doe was moving too quickly. Um, second hunt, couldn't get turned in the blind to make a shot to the right. Mm. And then uh, this evening, it was five to ten minutes after legal shooting light. Um, but those uh, are always tough. Yeah. But, but great start, you know, cause what we were, uh, alluding to earlier, just a few minutes ago is just the art of getting within bow range of an animal that was created to avoid predators and avoid yeah. being in bow range of, of a, a predator like us. Yeah. So, well, and that's the confidence that you get the, you know, the mental aspect of having those encounters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if it doesn't fully pan out, understanding what occurred, knowing, you know, okay, if there had been a little bit more time or if she had slowed down a little bit, like I could have done this, this, and this, but, or, or even if you blow something, you know, um, where you moved too fast or you, you, you did something that caught their attention, learn from it. That, that is, that is all experience and knowledge that you're gaining and having that activity keeps that drive up and you want to get back out the next day. Absolutely. It's, uh, 
it, it's just part of that addiction, just fueling it. Mm-hmm. Yep, we are yeah. we are creatures that can learn for sure. Um, so okay, not not uh, to kind of get back on track. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how if you've listened to any of our stuff yet, but we are we're basically just like a giant rabbit hole. Like that's all this <laughs> podcast is. Um, uh, but what I was saying is that normally the time that you see those guys that are you know look like they're about to have a blowout uh, in several ways. Uh, when they're pulling their bow back for Missouri is normally about September 1st to September 8th, about uh-huh. two weeks, two weeks to a week before season when right. dusting off the, dusting off the bow case and uh, whipping <laughs> it out for the first time uh, in, uh, in, you know, 10 months. And it's like, Oh, I guess I better shoot this thing. And uh, uh, I, I think that's, that's something that we're uh, going to be a kind of on a, I don't know if, crusade is the right word or politically correct anymore but I'm, I'm kind of on a crusade to try and end that mentality of mm-hmm. you know yeah. pull it out pull it out a week before season and then go hunting with it that's sure. just don't i don't think that's uh responsible uh sure. but so your program covers a lot of stuff uh from building strength to uh, it looks like uh, you know, preventing injury uh, what, what, uh, what is kind of like the foundation of your program? You, well, you have a bachelor's in exercise science. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So I have a bachelor's. So you, do, you, you do know what you're talking about then. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe so. Um, the, the experiences I've had have definitely given me the skill set and the knowledge set to apply this to archery. Um, right. and, and that skill set knowledge set, uh, started, you know, I've been working out for, a long, long, long time. Got my first dumbbells when I was 12, wanted to put on some strength for football. Right. Um, but that, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. A lot of people do that. Um, I got a bachelor's degree in exercise science from a university here in Western Pennsylvania. And then while I was in college, and this was by far the most valuable experience, I worked for five years for a sports injury uh, clinic, mm, yeah, so yeah. Sports, sports injury and uh, sports performance, and every single day, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, I was looking at shoulders. I was looking at the entire body, but uh, in particular, I was interested in the shoulders. So, looking at shoulders, assessing movement, and prescribing corrective exercises to address mm-hmm. dysfunction in mm-hmm. the shoulders or in the body part or in the movement patterns. So, doing that for five years, I quickly um, started to think about how that related archery. Um, And then the the last thing that I'll add is for the past six or seven years, I've done a variety of strength and conditioning coaching, everything from CrossFit uh, to Olympic style weightlifting to uh, general fitness to uh, injury prevention and movement work, movement assessments. So taking that coaching experience, taking the the work experience at the sports injury office and my education through my bachelor's degree, funneling that or putting that towards archery. And the main goal that I have with Archery Strong is to maximize the person behind the bow, meaning Hmm. that so many guys are super passionate and super focused on their equipment and their gear, which is extremely important. You know, the tuning, um, the bow, the, the uh, modifications to arrows and broadheads and, um, and, and all those different things, again, very important. 
but I feel it's extremely incomplete when you're not considering the person behind the bow. Sure. Because absolutely. Take a take a little bit of an exaggeration, but if I took, you know, my mom, so to speak, and I gave her the world's best bow. Right. And asked her to shoot that, well, she doesn't have the capabilities. And again, that's an exaggeration, but we all know that archery well, is a game. The, the, the equipment is, the machine's only as good as exactly. the input, right? Exactly. So the more stable that you are, the more consistent that you can make your body. And that, I mean, consistency comes down to muscle memory and muscle control. Exactly. So the better that you can be as a shooter the better everything else will fall in place. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. The machine's only going to do what, what you tell it to. Yep. Right. And that's the idea. And, and again, with archery being such a game of precision and accuracy, the smallest deficits are magnified and are exposed when the shooter or the person behind the bow isn't in full working order. Yep. So that's my goal is to, to maximize that person's potential so they can get as much as they possibly can out of that bow and more importantly, out of their shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, for coming from uh, uh, somebody, so long story short, uh, my dad just had a complete shoulder replacement. Uh, he's only 52. Yeah, he's, I mean, like he's not that old. It, it came from a, a, a vehicle injury. Um, but, uh, a doctor said he'll never shoot a bow again. Um, but I, I, you know, you see a lot of these guys that shot, uh, um, you know, uh, heavy bows back in the day and they probably did it, I would guess with very poor form. And now they're like, yeah, now I can't pull 50 pounds or I have to pull a 50 pound bow because I wrecked myself when I was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, in, in my twenties and thirties. Right. And that's one of the big things that I was I was interested in and in, in what what you offer. You have one specific course uh, for uh, pain relief and injury prevention, mm -hmm. uh, which I mean, like I I don't know how many of our listeners have had have ever had a uh, pulled uh, muscle or a, a, a tendon or anything like that. But I, let me tell you, it sucks. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not. It's yeah. not a. It's not a quick recovery from somebody that right. has been. Uh, um, uh, I don't want to say riddled with injury because, like, all things <laughs> considered, I've been like I've been pretty lucky. But like, you know, snapped ACL. Like, you know, just like things things happen, and it's like, yeah, like when you know when you snap your ACL in the like in the middle of wrestling season, like you're lucky to be wrestling by next season. Like, that's just kind of mm -hmm. how sure. things like that go. You know, and if you if you tear a major ligament in your shoulder, you will be lucky to hunt next year. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, those things take a lot of time to repair correctly. Right. Uh, um, so what is, what is your, uh, pain relief and injury prevention, obviously besides the obvious, <laughs> kind of focus on, uh, that, uh, or, or do you have anything, uh, what, what is a focus on and what, what should people be looking for? Like, what are signs that their body can be telling them that it's like, oh, this, this isn't good. Cause like what Rob said, like. I see guys all the time that pull it back and I'm like, you're going to kill yourself doing that. Right. And they're like, it doesn't hurt. Like it's fine. And I'm like, right. man, it doesn't hurt now. It's going to hurt in a couple of years. Right. <laughs> so, so what, what, what do you, what do you have to say to those kind of people? And then what does this course involve? 
Sure. So uh, I'll start by saying that the course and the focus as far as injury prevention and pain relief is entirely surrounded or entirely focused on improving the overall function of the shoulder. And what that means is, is uh, kind of what Rob was saying earlier is that you can think of the, uh, the shoulder as like a machine. And just yeah. like any machine, a machine has specific parts that are supposed to do specific jobs right. and mm -hmm. the nature of life, the nature of our faulty bodies and faulty movements, maybe what we do for a living, the way we shoot our bow, all these different things, we tend to have dysfunctional movement patterns. So we don't move these, these working parts the way that they should. Right. And when you have dysfunction and when a machine isn't working the way that it's supposed to, you start to accumulate irritation and you start to accumulate wear, mm -hmm. you start to accumulate stress. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes archery so vulnerable in a sense is that archery is incredibly repetitious. We all know that we're shooting many, many arrows when we practice or if we're in a league or whatever it might be. And the way I describe it is every time you shoot with a, a slight dysfunction of the shoulder, you're think about it as like a poke, right? So Matt or mm -hmm. Rob, if I, if I poked you guys once, it doesn't bother you. If I poked you 10 times, it doesn't bother you. But after the 400, 500, 1000th, 2000th time, that starts to irritate you and it starts to bug you. Yeah. And that is what the vast majority of shoulder issues are caused by in archery. Uh, <clears throat> the, the great minority of injuries are drastic injuries, meaning tears or right. dislocations. Yeah. They you know, do happen. Sudden, like yes. immediate injuries. Yes, right? those, those are called acute injuries and they do happen and they're important to address. Um, with a medical right. professional, but, but, but the, the, yeah, the, the vast majority are, um, what, what's called repetitive, uh, musculoskeletal irritations. And mm -hmm. that just means that you have, uh, repetitive irritations to the muscle tissue, to the structures within the joints, to the tendons, to the ligaments, because of those dysfunctional movement patterns mm -hmm. and even if someone is does have a, a pretty fair functioning shoulder, you have to understand that archery is demanding, right? So it's yeah. not we're we're not we're not wiping off tables. It's not something that's that's very low stress. Drawing a bow over and over again, day in and day out, is is a task. And if the body isn't prepared to handle that it can be overwhelming and it can be more than what your body is ready for. It's the same type of thing with, uh, that you see in endurance runners mm -hmm. or, uh, wh where that endurance runner is, is just putting a lot of stress on their body and it's breaking down. Um, so this, this program, this pain relief and injury prevention program is completely designed to improve the function and the moving parts within the shoulders. It's designed to load the tissues in the right musculature of the shoulder so that if someone does have pain, it stimulates healing. Or if they don't have pain, the way it prevents injury is that that muscle tissue in that joint structure is fortified and it's strengthened so that it can handle the large amount of uh, arrows that you're shooting. Or so 
that you can make sure that you're shooting your large amount of arrows with proper shoulder function. So even somebody who quote unquote does have good form can mm -hmm. still still run into an issue because mm -hmm. yes, they may they may at a surface level look like they're drawing a bow correctly or they're drawing a weight that is appropriate for them. Right. But just because you're doing something correctly doesn't mean that down at a deeper level that there oh, it doesn't mean there's no stress. There's no yeah. stress and it doesn't right. mean that there's there's not a um, there, there's not a, a dysfunction in there that could accumulate again, mm -hmm. like we were saying, and cause a type of irritation or a type of pain. Well, that and makes one sense. thing with like the the irritation, um, and I guess like I've seen this personally, is that you know if if you're doing something incorrectly or just using incorrect muscles, um, and you know that irritation doesn't necessarily um it's not that it, it's necessarily going to be in the shoulder mm -hmm. you know it, it could be a shoulder related issue mm -hmm. but that pain or that irritation might be in your neck Absolutely. or might be in your back or some you know yep. somewhere yep. else yep. and you know if you're not um, educator, you're not aware of how the system's working, then you're looking in the wrong spot. You're going like, man, like why, why, why is my neck been tight? Right. 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 You're thinking, oh, I must've slept wrong or, or whatever, but it's because of how you're doing some action. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds cliche because you hear, hear this said all the time, but the the body truly is interconnected and nothing ever works in isolation it, it just never oh, yeah. happens that way yeah. so i guess to be clear um and to clarify what we're talking about when i say shoulder i i do definitely um include in that uh the actual shoulder joint itself the shoulder uh blade the front of the shoulder towards the top and outside of the pec, uh, and then up into the neck. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also see and deal with a lot of elbow issues too, but that's a much simpler um, yeah. type of approach too. But j just to the point that these things are all working in conjunction. And number one, getting hyper-focused on just one specific part is going to leave a lot of stones unturned. Mm -hmm. So number two, it's extremely important. And this is part of our method methodology is that we address the whole system comprehensively and make sure that all parts are in working order, because I don't care if you have excellent range of motion in your shoulder and you feel like you're a very flexible individual with within that joint. If the shoulder blade mechanics and the stability within the shoulder blade are poor, then you're completely missing half of uh, the function that you need. So I want I wanted to like touch on flexibility for a second. And mm, like yeah. uh, so, this actually like I I kind of went back down this path a couple of years ago when of all people, and I, I don't particularly care for him, but uh, Conor McGregor has a oh, yeah. what, did he, what did he call him? He called him an unusual movement coach. And basically, like, he taught him how to, like, like move and contort his body in, like, in unusual ways that mm -hmm. where, like, when he got in scrambles, uh, yeah. and for, the, for those who don't know, uh, Conor McGregor's an MMA fighter. He was. He retired. 
like he he could adapt to that. And, yeah. and I, I started like looking back and thinking of when I was in college um, or like, so I, I wrestled and played football uh, all through high school. And then when I got to college, uh, I, you know, I was in the military and I, uh, I'll never forget a, a short, but funny story. Some guys in our dorm were doing P90X and they're like, Hey, you know, like, do you want to do this with us? So I was like, yeah, sure. Totally. And we got to the yoga section and I was like, yoga. What are we and doing? Then, yeah. yeah. And then I got absolutely wrecked, mm-hmm. but I, but I, I really enjoyed it. And, and I like, I kind of, I, I didn't like do yoga outside of that P90X, but I could tell within like a month, like I would do like the yoga workout, like every like three or four days. And, and I really focused on trying to up my flexibility. And like, I feel like within like 30 to 60 days, I was like, I am a better athlete now focusing on my flexibility and my, like my dynamic, my ability to like dynamically react than I ever was in high school. Yeah. And when I was just like, like pounding weights, pounding weights, pounding weights. And then the second I was like, I'm going to work on like being able to be flexible, like things just completely like a flip, just switch for me. So I wanted to, I was wondering what you thought about like being extremely flexible or, or at least practicing to be more flexible with archery well, and, and, and if that's a, like a good deterrent. I mean, part of what you're talking about though, is i mean the flexibility is part of it but is like if you're working out like lifting weights you know just going hard Mm -hmm. like that's at least to my understanding i have no background in this hey we have a guy on that does i know (laughs) Um, but that's a different uh it's different muscle fibers than like for like endurance like so like you can go yeah. hard fast, right but then twitch, slow twitch kind of thing. yes yeah. and so like yoga you're holding certain poses you're holding certain positions sure and like you i mean i used to be able to squat 700 pounds and then you go and try and hold some goofy pose for a minute and yeah. you're shaking and you're yeah. going I've got no weight on me. Why am I like? Why am I right. shaking right now? Right. Because it, it's different. It, it's it's a completely yeah. different function of that muscle, and yeah, sure. you need to. I mean, when you're not hyper focused on a specific like athletic purpose, like you need proper balance of yeah. of that. Like you can't just be overloaded on one side. Sure. Sure. So what? So how do you how do you feel about like trying to incorporate flexibility in for uh, injury prevention? Yeah. So I'll I'll kind of circle back to answer that. Um, a huge a huge huge part of injury prevention is, and it kind of uh, incorporates what you were talking about with Conor McGregor. A huge part of injury prevention is training your your body and in this instance training your shoulders to be able to better handle adverse situations sure meaning conor mcgregor most likely did that because sure in a perfect world i want to stand at at the 20 yard range at the bow shop and shoot the exact same way every single time right but you have to take into account hey maybe i have to make an awkward shot from a tree stand or from yeah. a seated position or yeah. when it's five, five below and I haven't moved, 
I haven't moved for <laughs> yep. three hours because it's the last season, the last day of late season and it's freezing, you know? Um, yeah. So you just never know what you're going to encounter. And a bit, again, a big part of injury prevention is, is making sure your body can handle those adverse situations, situations. Right. Um, so to, to answer your question, um, to me in, in, in the way that I approach archery and the way that I, uh, train our archers through Archery Strong focuses on three three components, and it speaks to Rob's idea of balance. Number one is there's a flexibility component that we need in the shoulder. Number two, there's a stability component that we need, mm. need in the shoulder. And number mm -hmm. three, there's movement patterns that we need in the shoulder. So those are your, your big three. When mm. we're talking about shoulder function um, and Again, shoulder function fuels injury prevention. And when we're talking about that shoulder function, those are the three, three components. Again, flexibility, stability, and movement patterns. In, in my opinion, based on the biomechanics of archery, which is a rabbit hole, uh, uh -huh. based on the biomechanics <laughs> of archery, flexibility is on the, the lower tier. It's a, it's a lower priority. It is, it okay. is still important. It's still needed to have good overall shoulder function, mm -hmm. but the nature of archery does not require a significant amount of flexibility. Sure. Um, now that does vary a little bit based on shooting style, but in general, the flexibility demands are are moderate or or, or low, so to speak, in comparison to, mo to most uh, athletic endeavors. Now, again, it is still important for quality of movement in the shoulder. Then right. you have, so that was flexibility. Then you have stability. Stability refers to the shoulder's ability to, to brace itself, to use mm -hmm. the musculature, to provide protection, um, because stability is directly tied into the muscle's ability to hold the shoulder or move the shoulder in the, the right way or hold the shoulder in the proper position. So when you say shoulder, you well, mean like the bone, right? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so I, I mean, when, when force, when, when you've got force applied or you're holding a level of force, mm -hmm. stability is keeping everything physically in position. That's part of it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause that's like, um, I mean, I know guys that have, you know, uh, done, uh, slightly awkward movement uh you know try and push a push a boat or move something yeah and yeah. it's just you know it's it's a normal motion for them but mm -hmm. slightly awkward body position and the shoulder was lacking stability and that normal motion of a not you know abnormal weight or force caused a dislocation caused you know caused that shoulder to completely move out of place and and now they're injured mm -hmm. right. you know and that's right. in my mind i guess that's what pops to me when we're talking about stability yeah. is that mm -hmm. right yeah that's that's a large a large component of it certainly so again that or uh what i was gonna go to is that what most people don't know is that they're for how complex and how strong and how, how much of a demand we put on the shoulder, there is an incredibly small amount of bony support in the shoulder. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is there's truly 
the, the shoulder is composed of the shoulder blade, which is the foundation, and then the arm bone that sits in that shoulder blade. Right. The, the only true like bony connection you have is if you feel kind of on the front of your shoulder there up above your pec in that general region, there's, there's just one connection there. There's mm-hmm. one small connection. And this is a little bit gruesome when I always say this, but you could truly sever that with like a steak knife or, or you could, you could sever that. And it's just, it's, it's very small. And if you severed that and you had no muscle, your shoulder blade and your whole entire arm would fall off your body. So what that tells us <laughs> is that, so what that, what that tells us is that how important musculature is for sure holding that shoulder, positioning that shoulder, bracing that shoulder and moving that shoulder. Muscle is is responsible for so much in the shoulder. Um, on top of that, the the way the arm bone fits into the shoulder blade, there's, there's not, it's called a ball and socket joint and people picture it as like this big socket that like engulfs the, the, um, the end of the, the ball or the end of the arm, but right. it's not that way. It's, it's a quite shallow uh, indentation in the shoulder yeah, blade. It's not much. It's and not the, much. Yeah. And the arm bone just kind of sits there, but it's all of the, the ligaments uh, and, and the muscle and everything that holds, holds that shoulder there. And again, the muscle is primarily responsible for doing all of that work. So that's a big component of stability there. So, so uh, before, go any farther with that we said flexibility stability and the last thing is movement patterns so just because someone has good flexibility and just because somebody has decent stability in the shoulder doesn't mean they know how to move the shoulder and what i mean by that and it's a really big component in archery is how to position or how to move the shoulder blade the shoulder blade has a bunch of different movements and again the shoulder blade is the foundation for your arm so the shoulder blade has to do a bunch of different things when you're reaching to connect to your d loop when you're when you're starting to pull when you're holding at your back wall on that front arm how is your arm rotated where is your shoulder blade at um the rotation of the arm or the the uh arm bone or the ball within the socket mm-hmm. all of those things are movement patterns and that's largely like a, a learned skill it is it does tie into stability a lot, but those movement patterns, teaching somebody how to move their shoulder blade, how to position their arms. If you've seen some of those videos that I've shared, that's a, a, a large disconnect that does not exist uh, or, or there's not a lot of guidance in archery uh, for yeah. that. And it's a really big component because again, someone can have good flexibility and can have good stability, but if they don't know how to move their shoulder blade and position their arm and do all these different things, then uh, they can run into some real problems. So kind of wrapping that all up into a nice bow, again, those three components, flexibility, stability, and movement patterns, that's those are the subcategories underneath of shoulder function. And again, shoulder function is, respon- is largely responsible or a big, big, big part of injury prevention and improving that shoulder function. Those three categories we just talked about is largely responsible for pain relief as well. That's one thing that I'm, I really like that you, you touched on is like everyone focuses on the draw arm, the mm-hmm. arm that's got all the weight that, that's yeah. doing all the work, right? Right. It looks like, yeah. And like, it's a big part of it, no doubt, mm-hmm. 
right? You need to have good form there. You need to be activating the correct muscles. But everyone forgets the front shoulder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like for like bow mobility, for, for, for sight picture pin mobility, that front shoulder is huge. Oh, it's, it's if if that front major. shoulder collapses up, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is limited. <coughs> now, right. now you you feel like you can't move your pin. You feel like you can't like re you know find your spot. You can't get to where you want to put that pin. Right, mm -hmm. and people struggle with that, and that becomes target panic. And the no one looks at the body position. Yeah, they think that yeah. it's mental. They think that it's oh, I need to change the balance of my bow. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like, it's it's how your body's positioned. And like, going back to like the stability, like if it's one thing if you're just not aware that that's moving, right? Mm -hmm. Just because of mm -hmm. you know you're drawing a little too much weight or whatever the case. Where when you draw, it's just kind of naturally pushing up. But in a in some cases that that i've helped with it's that that person's shoulder just it will not stay there like once right. the yeah. force is applied there isn't enough stability there the muscle control is not there for the force that they're working with yeah they can draw it fine right, right. yeah and that that really ties us very well into the performance side of things so yeah I, let's talk let's talk about that the performance archer stuff that you got yeah so um i i like to kind of break archery strong into two beasts so to speak the one beast is that pain relief and injury prevention kind of like mm -hmm. you could say shoulder health well sure ar archery shoulder health it's it's that side yeah. um the other side is the performance side and exactly to what rob was speaking to is that so many people are focused and concerned about uh, you know, form and technique and, and releases and, and all this stuff that's very, very, very important, but very few people are, are looking at the demands to be stable and steady, which is completely fueled by muscle and muscle is fueled by the nervous system and muscle in the nervous system is trained very, very, very effectively, um, through quality methodical resistance training and weight training. So that's what we've done with the performance archer where you hear people all the time talk about, uh, you know, I'm unsteady at full draw. I can't hold my pin steady or, um, you know, I have target panic. And there are a lot of different uh, things that go into that. Uh, there's obviously the release is very important. Um, the mental side of it is very important, but I don't care it doesn't matter how good you are with a back tension release. It doesn't matter how honed in you are. If you have someone who's, who has never trained their musculature and trained their body to hold stable and hold incredibly and precisely steady. Mm -hmm. If that, if that pin is moving all over the target, because again, they can't hold steady, right. Then, then everything else has gone out the window. Um, or, or, or nothing can fix that. So what our performance archer program is, is focused on is to train your body to 
maximize its ability to hold steady through a stable shoulder girdle out through the extremity into that bow mm. to be able to steady that bow into reduce and minimize pin float. So you always have some pin float, mm -hmm. but the goal, the goal is to shrink that. So if my, if you have somebody who's really struggling and their pin float, you know, floats the size of, I don't know, you know, cantaloupe or a basketball. If we can shrink that pin float down to a baseball, then we're in a much, much, much better place. And right. again, that shooting your bow alone helps. It's important. But what we can do is we can take it a step farther and we can train the musculature to make really fine muscular corrections and to be able to hold an incredibly precise amount of tension because what you're doing as you're aiming is you're trying to maintain the exact amount of muscular contraction the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it's an isometric contraction. So uh, in the same way, you know, if you, if you right now um, try to hold a squat, you, you, mm -hmm. you sat down to where your thighs were parallel with the floor and you try to stay as still and as precisely, and I mean down to the millimeter, you try to stay that in, in that exact same spot, your nervous system and your muscles are, in, are firing at, at, to, at the, the rate of milliseconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you're trying to maintain that exact amount of tension and you're trying to maintain that, that exact point and you're making small and you're not going to do it. Nobody can do it. But what you're doing is you're trying to get better at making those really tiny little corrections so that I can return yeah. back to that middle point. And again, all of the movements and the, the training within that performance archer program are, is focused on that. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, like I deal a lot with like electrical control systems. Rob, Rob's the local engineer. He's the smart and, guy. <laughs> and so like th this is, you know, coarse and fine adjustment. Yes, exactly. If, exactly. if if you do not have super fine motor control, exactly, you're going to make a large correction. Yep. You're going to overshoot, then you're going to make another large correction yep, yep, to, make to undershoot, and you're going to sit here and do this flip flop, right? Yep. Yeah. And the exactly. finer that the control can get, the finer that the movement can get, the tighter that that window gets, where you're overshoot and you're undershoot become minimized right you're always going to have that air you're always going to have that movement i mean even just like not even squatting try standing still and have someone record you in slow motion or in a uh or in a time lapse if yes you you're sitting there and you're like it's, like it's you think that yeah. you are just yeah. like yeah. a rock you are a statue <laughs> yeah. and no. then you look at the time lapse and you're like holy crap i was moving like a full inch yeah yeah <laughs> like, oh, more than that and, yeah <laughs> and that is what we're talking about. I mean, you think about what you're doing at full draw, right? You are trying to stand perfectly still while holding 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds of force between your two arms and maintain that position. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yep. you need that control. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what it comes down to is is using the the right training and 
executing that training in a way that is going to carry over to archery. So what we're doing is we're, we're laying a larger foundation is mm-hmm. what it is because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows, you know, if you want to build a pyramid, the, the bigger the base, the, the bigger we can make that pyramid. So if your base, if base of muscular control, muscular stability, muscular steadiness is small, then your potential has, is minimized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you build that larger base, then we can add those things like really good quality technique coaching, um, really good consistent sh- shot process and shot mechanics, uh, being great with a, a good release aid, you know, all those different things that a lot of people do focus on. Um, but it's it, those things are a couple rungs or a couple levels up on that pyramid where, again, it's, it's the body and the human behind the bow. Well, that, and that's, I mean, all of the stuff that you just mentioned as much as you can fine tune those in like, like Joel Turner's program, the mental aspect mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, yeah, the mental, men, the mentality for archery is enormous, yep. but if the pin control isn't there, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can have the best release in the world. If you're not stable and you're not holding on target, it doesn't matter. Right. You right. know, exactly. and, and that is it, it, it's it's a self feeding cycle because if if you're ignoring the body mm-hmm. and you're thinking oh I, I'm I'm not releasing well enough I'm not you know I'm not following through well enough I, I need to improve my mental game and you're sitting here fighting and fighting and not seeing the improvement that's really distressing. That, oh, yeah, that's really you know frustrating mm-hmm. and it i mean not in all cases but if you can like you said create that firm solid foundation yeah now all that other stuff is building on that and is firm and stable yeah. yeah right i mean that's no different than when we're trying to tune a bow like shooting you know, functional tuning, that tuning is only as good as the, as the shooter. Exactly. Like I can try and tune a bow. I I can put it all in spec. I can have it shooting perfect out of a hooter shooter. I can have it shooting perfect for myself. I give it to you. And if you don't have the, you know, the proper grip and you don't have the stability and you're moving on the shot, guess what? It's not going to fly as well. Right. Yeah, yep. you know, exactly. you have to have that foundation. Yeah, I kind, I kind of feel like this is. And you feel free to tell me I'm wrong if I am. I kind of feel like this is a, a very good example of perfect practice makes perfect. Not, not practice makes perfect. Like if you, if you continually put yourself in a poor situation, yeah. then, then it's not in the long run. It's not going to help you as much as if you can. Uh, if you can better your situation from the beginning. Uh, well, and I mean, not- we've talked about that before. We're having not just shooting for the sake of shooting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Having purposeful practice. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, I mean, practicing with poor body mechanics, practicing with poor form, with, with poor habits, is simply reinforcing those poor habits and leading you further down a path of 
future trouble. Yeah, whether absolutely. that future trouble is target panic or or injury or whatever that is. But if what you're doing today is paving that path, yeah, mm-hmm. and so purposefully focusing on that practice being intentional and correct Mm -hmm. even if that means you don't do as many reps yeah because a lot of times you make these changes you correct form issues you can't do as many reps because now you're using the right muscle and that muscle's been ignored yeah and and i mean exactly right i mean i know guys that that you know can cleanly incorrectly draw 80 pound bows it it looks smooth but you know that they're using the wrong muscles yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. things are out of place yeah and it's just an overpower situation that you know they're activating other muscles and just powering through yeah and going yeah that that wasn't bad right i i have i have a friend local to me that shoots an 80 pound bow and i know that he's stronger than i am uh uh well, I'm pretty sure he is. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh, and and he can he can shoot that 80 pound bow all day. But then when you pick up a recurve, where you constantly have to engage those muscles uh, at a higher peak weight on the back end, I outperform him uh, as far at a as considerably like, lower weight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I couldn't shoot that 80 pound bow like he can, but at, at, you know, holding 45 pounds, 50 pounds, I I'll, I'll smack around a little bit. And I I don't really mean like, as in like, like scores. I mean, like, like he can't, he can't hold it back there. Like I can, Mm -hmm. like I I could hold it for, you know, 30, 35 seconds if I really needed to, but he, can't do that which which, and you know it's completely fine but i kind of wanted to like touch on that because i think when when i went from compound to trad for like nut for a whole year and then i picked up my compound again and within like it makes a difference within like 10 arrows i was like i have never shot this good ever well and 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 i think it's because like i was working my muscle like and and i like in a different way yeah in a very different way and i also like realized within like 10 arrows i was like where'd my pin float go? Like, like uh, it was, it was yeah, still there, right? but it was right? certainly minimized. Like it went from, you know, sure. the, the softball to the baseball. And I was like, well, this is easy now. Like, and, and, but then I kind of like fell into like a place of complacency. And then, and now my pin floats like a bigger than it was before because I haven't yeah. been shooting my recurve as much. Right. Um, so, uh, and I'm not even saying that I was, I was having perfect practice. I was just, I'm, I'm just found it interesting that, you know, even, even but it's you, a great you're point. going to a lower weight, I'm only shooting 40, 45, maybe 50 pounds on this recurve. It helped me shoot my 70 pound compound immensely better, immensely better. Yeah. It was fascinating. Oh, yeah. And that's, it's, it's amazing because I mean, one, there's, there's, there's less reinforcement of, of, the uh i guess correct stability correct position Mm -hmm. with the traditional gear right you don't have your peep you don't have your sight 
you're relying, especially, I mean, like, I know that we've both dabbled in some aiming methods, but both of us initially were focusing heavily on instinctive. Yep. And so that is 100% muscle. Yeah. Like, you yep. need to know your body position. You need to know where everything is and what the position is and the minute height adjustments for 15, 20, 25. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now you give yourself all these aids again. Yeah. And you've been doing it with nothing. Yeah. Right. And now you've got this thing to tell you that, oh, yeah, I need to line up the peep and the scope. Like, okay, now perfect alignment. And mm-hmm. oh, I just need to put this little dot on the target. Like, okay, yeah, I just need to move a little bit. And there it is. Right. Like now you've got that <clears throat> muscle control and you've got all these aids just to, Tell you, yep, put it here. Right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it was it, it was a it was an interesting interesting experience to say the least. And I think I'm like to focus on that. I'm going to be shooting like I mean, I'm going to be shooting my rear curve a lot anyway. But like even even during like if I if I get like real heavy into 3D for compounds, I'm going to try and shoot my recurve as much as I can because. Yeah. I mean, we talk about like a long day out on the course, you know, you're shooting a bunch of arrows and, you know, you get to the last couple of targets and your, your front shoulders just beat. And man, I, I honestly feel like a, a recurve or like, any, it doesn't have to be a recurve, any traditional bow uh, is going to be helpful. That was one thing, like I'd never noticed it shooting compound. And I mean, I've only shot 70 and 80 pound compounds i mean the last three years i've shot 80 pound compounds right and i've never noticed um any fatigue in my front shoulder Mm -hmm. Mm. when i got that uh when i was gifted that longbow Mm -hmm. 76 pound longbow and i mean it's when i was given it i didn't know what it was yeah. He didn't know what it was. He went here. I know that you like this kind of stuff. Right. You know, <laughs> do you want this? And I went, yeah, perfect. So I yeah. measured it up. I bought a string for it. I checked it and I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. That's 76 pounds. <laughs> like, All right. Let's see what happens. And I started hammering on that thing. Yeah. And that was the first thing that I noticed was my front shoulder was, was getting tired. That mm-hmm. when I was holding position, I'd get back and my my front shoulder and even into like my arm. Yeah, your bicep, yeah. I was I was feeling the force. And, and granted, I'm holding that full 76 pounds at full draw. So there's a lot more force there than yeah. like my compound at 80 that I'm hitting peak for what? A couple inches. Mm-hmm. right and you're letting off and yeah. then i'm hitting let off so it was it was eye-opening for me going man okay like i've never really had any fatigue issues shooting bows before and then with this it was like it wasn't even my draw arm that was the issue it was my front right and right. so that that was just kind of eye-opening when i was diving into that going man like okay there, there's more to this and I guess that's why I brought it up before when you mentioned the front shoulder was like, people don't think of that. I didn't think of it until yeah. I, that happened. And I went, man, 
like okay what's happening here i'm like oh man as i'm getting tired my that front shoulder's creeping yeah and and once that recognition happened then i i focused on it but like if you're not looking for for stuff like that if you're just taking that as oh well you know i shot a lot like i got tired you know and then you you try and push through because you're going okay well i'm gonna be in this league that i've got to shoot this many arrows like i i need to shoot and build that up and you start reinforcing yep (laughs) right and you're not reinforcing anything good like yeah but so before before we talk about what our like next steps are that we are going to be doing uh, together, I guess you could say, what what's the uh, what's the whitetail program? It's uh, another another thing you've got on your website. Yeah, it's uh, essentially a little taste of everything. Uh, so okay. it's a little little bit of injury injury prevention work, a little bit of performance work, and then um, some fun shooting challenges with a three D whitetail target. So, okay. Cool. Yep. Sim- simple. Not as in depth. Not as uh, detailed. But just something that, um, if someone wants to dabble in a little bit, they can try. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that sounds. That sounds neat. Um, so we, uh, you know, like I've uh, talked with Christian and and you know with people with listeners that have you know cared enough to listen, I guess. Uh, this winter, um, especially after the rut is over for the majority of the country we're going to be diving like really, really deep into like becoming a, like we, we focus mostly on as most of our listeners know, uh, arrow setups, bow tuning, stuff like that. Uh, but we, uh, we've got some, uh, numbers, uh, that have like been talked about and like more details will be coming out, but it's just really apparent that people can't hit what they're aiming at, like to save their life. Uh, so we are we're focusing on trying to become more accurate archers and to uh, to encourage people to kind of join us in this journey of becoming uh, stronger and, and and more accurate and more proficient archers. So um, we are going to the the whole lethal all the lethal hosts are going to be going through uh, the performance archer course. And we encourage you guys to join us. And we are we're going to do. Uh, Christian said that, uh, or you you said that you've you originally had a kind of like a pre-test, but you took it out because like people were like having a difficult time with it, or like they couldn't like they were kind of limited in their uh, ability to do it or something like that. But that's it's definitely something we are we're an analytical bunch of guys, so we like to yeah. we like to measure stuff and then uh and then view performance uh, increases uh so uh, uh we, we don't have to go into the into the whole thing if you don't want to but uh what is what does that pretest kind of look like we'll, we'll be sure to include uh everything in the show notes and the links and stuff like that that we're, we're going to put together for all this but uh what is what does that pretest look like yeah so basically uh what, what i originally had uh in the program was a pre and a post test so the pretest to give you a baseline of how you're currently shooting yep. and then perform that same exact test at the end of the program to see how you had improved. Yep. Uh, it, it was simple. I believe it was um, at 30 yards at a, a dot of two inches in diameter to shoot 
I forget what it was, but shoot a number of arrows and then add up the the distance away from the dot of each arrow that didn't hit. So, you know, let's say, okay. you know, you had... Yeah, you so had, you shoot 10 arrows, five of them don't hit the dot. How far? And they're an inch to two inches out. So every arrow yep. that was out, you're adding up that distance off exactly. for a exactly. total, right? Yeah, yeah. So so I, I ended up taking that out because uh, a, a lot of people just they don't have access to shooting uh, sure. often or consistently, you know, whether they live in a, a townhome or, or an apartment or, or whatever their case may be. Right. Um, and, and I was getting a lot of distressed messages like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do this test. I'm not going to be able to shoot until, you know, two, two a week and a half from now. And so I just took it out and, and just made people aware that it's really important to be mindful and sure. aware of, of how your shooting is feeling as you're going through this program. Yeah, um, yeah. But for you guys, and we haven't <clears throat> set out, God bless you. Bless you. We, we haven't set Thank out you. the specific details of it yet, but for you guys, what, what we're going to do is um, kind of collaboratively come up with a pre-test and a post-test that we Ooh, think is, like is right. functional for you guys. So the, the, it really can be anything that will adequately show um, how you've improved. So sure. for some people that might be that they shoot, they shoot, uh, you know, tw 20 ends or whatever at a, a Vegas face, or right. they, mm -hmm. they shoot, they shoot at a whitetail target and, you know, add up the total amount of, um, heart shots or, you know, whatever it might be. It right. could really be anything. It just needs to be, um, something that is demanding, challenging, yeah. um, yeah. and yeah. shows, has is scorable basically right yeah, yeah. you mean, don't want to make it to where you can dunk on it and be like yeah, yeah right 100 right. first first time boom well, like, and that's like I mean, even something like i know that um i guess matt you and i have been talking about doing like winter leagues this, mm -hmm. this year yeah. right indoors yep. um like the the indoors that i'm probably going to be doing is a five spot league yeah like I mean, we don't have a lot of indoor 3d um so i mean that is a very calculable yeah, you know, defining measure i mean you've got 60 arrows you're on a specific timeline it has to be done you know bang 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 and you can run a 300 if you're good but that yeah. doesn't mean that everything is in the x yep right Count your i mean so that's where like i mean competitive five spot is x count it's i mean it's assumed that you're if you're being competitive um you know you're you're gonna be at or very near a 300 right um but that x count being you know that inch you know within you know that yeah. ring yeah is the defining factor so i mean even if you don't have room to, I guess for like any of the listeners that might want to, you know, consider doing this with us or doing this uh, on your own, like you don't necessarily have to have a 3D target to do this yeah. or your yeah. own place to go shoot. Like a lot of shops, at least a lot of shops by me have some kind of a league. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be techno hunt. It might be just you know, five spot or Vegas face, whatever. But those kind of environments 
are great testing grounds. It's a way yeah. to figure out where you stand right now. And okay, let's start doing this work. Let's start working on this and focusing. And now five, six, 10 weeks down the road, what does it look like? Yeah. Have you improved? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two things that uh, I would probably touch on for that. Um, one, uh, you have to control as with as any good test, my young scientists, uh, you have to control your variables. So don't uh, like if you're going to start with this and, and the uh, the performance archer, it's it's meant for 30. It's 30 like days of like workouts and and work. It's 30 days of work. Uh, but I know you said that you right. kind of like if you need to spread that out over 45 days or something like that, it's not it's not a big yes. deal. Uh, right. um, so, uh, but, uh, if you're going to try and calculate your improvement only through this, you need to make sure that you're using the exact same setup that you began with. If you, you know, if you, if you, yeah. if you're, yeah. if you change so your stable, setup, change your 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 yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go to, go to a PS 26, go get some fatty shafts and be like, Oh, I cut the line. Oh, more, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and I had, there was something else that was important. I don't know, just control. Oh, uh, if you, if you are limited on distance, then, uh, I, maybe this is really obvious, but if you're limited on distance, if you can only do like 10, 15 yards, then like you have to do something that is extremely precise to where, you know, well, like, like yeah. I said, you, you I mean, can't, you can't be like, oh yeah, like six inch target, like, <laughs> like 30 out of 30 at 10 yards or like, duh, like ever, like you should be able to do that. Like. It needs to be like I put a ping pong ball out there at 15 yards or 10 yards. And like yeah, I, exactly. I broke, and I broke the ping pong ball this many times. That's something on, I can measure. Depending on your skill set, right? It's a matter of having an appropriately sized target. So, I, mm -hmm. Christian, I think you said like a two inch dot, right? Mm -hmm. But like if if you're someone that even at 20 yards you know that you can hit that two inch dot 90 percent of the time then don't use a two inch dot yeah use a one right. inch dot. use a one inch that's right, yeah, right? It's, and, it's and all now relative. now you have measurables now half those shots won't be in the dot and you can go okay i'm consistently you know the ones that i miss i'm a quarter to a half inch off right if, if you're at that level if you know if you've only got 10 yards maybe it's a half inch dot you know but don't let your distance i mean like my garage i can shoot 10 yards inside my garage rain or shine like and does that change the function of what i'm doing no it changes how precise things should be because it's only 10 yards. So like, right. I'm not looking at, you know, uh, like if I put a five spot up there, I'm not looking at fives. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm expecting that everything should be in that X, right? you right. know, at, at 10 yards. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, set reasonable expectations that give you room for improvement yeah absolutely yep, absolutely
<clears throat> well, we will, uh, in the coming days, we will certainly come up with uh, uh, something. We'll, we'll at least come up with, with our test that we're going to do ourselves. And, and then uh, we can give some some suggestions to yeah for, absolutely for some followers yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and like I said I I like this is it's a group effort y'all are you guys are in this you know with us whether you like it or not we're we're making mm -hmm. we're making everybody do it so uh, I would encourage you guys to uh, uh, to do this with us I think it's going to be a ton of fun um, and Christian hooked it up um, uh, I think you put you said you put a promo code on your website right yes. Yep. Yep. That's correct. I think it was, I think it was lethal 10. I think. You got I'm, it. I'm, yes. I'm, okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So lethal 10 for 10% off, uh, uh, the courses, uh, uh, the performance archer is what we're going to be working through. Uh, I will probably be buying the archery pain and, re uh, relief and injury as well. Uh, just because I went to top golf last night and my elbow uh. hurts. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but I won, which is all that mattered. There you uh, go. Uh, so, um, yeah, well, I'm 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 pumped about this, and and then so after we're done, uh, uh, Christian is going to come back on. We're going to talk about our results and talk about, uh, you know, what what the general experience was, and I'm really really excited to yeah. do all that. So, uh, but uh, I hope Christian uh, becomes a, a frequent guest of ours and 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 comes on anytime we have questions uh, uh, regarding this kind of thing because I we've had a ton of guys reach out to us uh, specifically um, because. They are low poundage uh, shooters, and and you know they reach out to us because they're like, hey, I only shoot fifty pounds now. How do I set up an arrow for success? And sure. and a lot of these guys only shoot fifty pounds because they're they got hurt or right. uh, you know they have a, a prior injury or something like that. And and you know I want to one prevent people from having those kind of injuries, and two uh, you know uh, relieve that pain if possible. So uh, absolutely. Cool. I'm really, really pumped. Well, I'll let you get out of here, Christian. I really, really appreciate you well, coming on. Where can, where can people check you out? Oh, sorry, okay, Rob. What's up? Yeah, I yeah, was just yeah, yeah. Before we before we end here, like let's uh, make sure that people know where to find his stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, where absolutely. they can find the programs. Yeah, God, if you don't follow Archery Strong on Facebook, you are wrong. They post you got you post a lot of stuff, and and do you do your own graphics or? Yeah, mm -hmm. dude, you one man show. <laughs> you are you are talented. Like your oh, graphics, you. your graphics are stellar. Like they really, really are. Uh, so, so yeah, where, where can, where can people check you out? Yeah. So um, our Instagram page is archery.strong. So archery, a period, and then strong. That's where I post everything. Uh, and, and then that gets pushed over to Facebook as well. So I kind of dual gotcha. post it. Um, gotcha. So we're on, we're on Facebook as well. Um, and then our website is www archery-strong.com. So there's a, there's a dash between archery and strong. That's where you can see um, the programs. You can read a little bit more information. Um, I'm working on getting getting more stuff on there. I'd like to get uh, some more videos and some articles going here soon too, after hunting season, of course, because that takes priority right. over everything. Right. But, right. uh, but yeah, so um, feel free to reach out. I, I love answering questions. I love connecting with new people and uh, giving insight on anything that anybody needs help with. So yeah, happy absolutely. to talk and connect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. And we will talk soon. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you, Matt and Rob. I really appreciate it, guys. I yeah, glad, it. glad to have you. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. And uh, until next time, stay lethal and don't forget the olive oil. <laughs> <laughs>